Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the lineup, Officer Magazine's roundup of this week's police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, Assistant Editor for Officer Magazine. And with me again this week is... Retired Lieutenant Frank Borelli, loving the weather, enjoying my third cup of coffee. Probably got more caffeine than anybody needs me to have, but it's going to be a good day. Well, we'll get started, and we'll get started with on some not-so-good news, and that's probably the biggest understatement you'll hear from me today. Um, we go to Maine, and the news that's dominating the headlines across the country is the mass shooting in Lewiston, where... A gunman in two different locations killed at least 18 people and wounded 13. As of right now, uh, this recording Friday morning, uh, the suspect is still um, at large. Um, That state is having probably the largest uh, manhunt it's had in recent history. Um, And uh, the amount of people who are volunteering to help Um, There was a a quote uh, yesterday from a spokeswoman uh, from the Maine Department of Public Safety who said everyone just comes to see what they can do to help, and then they kind of divvy up assignments. Um, I've seen reports um, that uh, law enforcement and healthcare personnel from uh, uh, Massachusetts and New Hampshire have been all uh, coming to the state to to help out um, uh, in this tragedy. Yeah, and, and it's it's good to see that. Um, I'd like to point out something. I know our, our update, we have 18 people killed and 13 wounded. That's a big, big change from, from the original reports of 15 killed and 60 wounded. Um, at, you know, at this point, and I hate to say it this way, it sounds bad. More people died at Virginia Tech than did in this attack. Um, you know, but we, we have the challenge of this outstanding suspect. He can't, he hasn't been found. Uh, and not to be empowering the guy or anything, but you've got this suspect card who's military trained. He's a reservist in the Army. Uh, he's a firearms instructor, so he knows how to shoot. One can probably safely assume he's had a little bit of survival training or some outdoors experience or something. I don't know the area he lived in. I don't know you know the area he's maybe have run in, out of or into, depending on whether it's a wilderness or whatever. It may take quite a bit to catch this guy. Um, he, you know, go, going off grid and being able to live is, is something that can happen. Eventually, they're just going to make it a nationwide lookout and stop an active search for the gentleman. Uh, using that term very, very loosely, obviously. Um, but it's it's a shame to see this. A uh, friend of mine has relatives live in the next town over, and even they're on lockdown. Uh, or they've been told, uh, don't go out unless you have to, you know, the, the, managing the manpower. And I love that you mentioned this, all these people coming from all over the state, whether it's medical or law enforcement, managing that manpower, that post event management is a huge task that a lot of people fail to train or fail to plan for. And I, I'm glad to see they're doing everything right up there. And there's still, uh, and I haven't seen many details released um, as far as um, what might have sparked the shooting um, or anything like that. Um, 
there was a report that um, Robert R. Card II was um, in July of this year was brought to the hospital by New York State Police um, because his, uh, quote, behavior was he was behaving erratically. Um, and so that probably factors in large. Um, but again, um, still a lot of information out there. Uh, and yeah, this is. Boy, this is the largest manhunt I can remember too. Of yeah. for something this uh, an incident this large. I'm I'm not uh, I'm I'm not one to favor red flag laws. Anybody's listening to me talk knows I'm a pro gun guy. But this gentleman got committed. Uh, he obviously had mental emotional issues. The usual emergency commitment is a 72 hour hold for study. This guy was was two weeks. Obviously, he had issues. I would. Be curious as to know why he still was in possession of firearms, why the due process hadn't been gone through. How come somebody didn't realize this guy's not right in the head? He spent two weeks in commitment. Um, why weren't his weapons seized? Now, would that prevent him from getting more? Maybe, maybe not. But to have him still walking around uh, in possession of, of firearms after a two-week commitment for mental and emotional issues I feel like we could have prevented this. I feel like somebody, somebody somewhere had to have said, I don't want to be the person that makes this call, so I'm going to punt, and then this is what happened. I think this was preventable. Well, hopefully um, hopefully he'll be in custody soon. Um, moving on to our next story. This is out of New York, um, where a body camera video captured uh, – a an amazing and dramatic rescue um, that Yonkers police had um, a man who uh, threatening to jump uh, from an overpass um, clearly in distress. Um, officers are trying to deescalate and talk him down. And he actually goes over the air overpass and these officers were able to catch him and save his life and, um, and hopefully get the the help he needs. Um, but again, I, you see the video, and it, you know they're they're saving this individual, but they are also putting themselves at risk. You don't know what can happen if he thrashes and he pulls you over as well. Yes, they're all hooked in, but um, it's still um, even with all the safety precautions, that's still a, a scary situation. And and great job. Uh, for these officers um, being able uh, to save this man. 100%. Kudos to these uh, Yonkers police officers for saving this guy. And it's one of the most frightening things law enforcement can deal with. If you have somebody who is suicidal, um, what do you, how do you threaten them? How do you get cooperation from them? You literally have to talk them off the ledge. But at any moment, they can switch from suicidal to homicidal. So quite often, the empathy and the sympathy that you have to show the compassion that you have to show to get them to relate to you and allow you to talk them down puts you at risk. And if that switch flips in their head, you're in a really bad spot. Uh, it, it is a terrible place to be for police officers. I'm glad this all worked out in the end. Absolutely, these police officers were heroes doing this. Uh, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. It's a shame this wasn't on every major broadcast channel so that society could see the risks that law enforcement takes and how we serve the public. They saved this guy's life. And they could have just as easily said, okay, you want to jump, jump. I mean, 
they did this out of care and compassion. They did this out of duty. They didn't. It, I really wish society could see more of this and understand the emotional impact and the commitment that's involved. Yeah. Good point. Exactly. It just, it, it, um, you know, this isn't, um, this isn't sort of the, the, the sexy part of law enforcement, if you will, but this is the part that is probably at the core of a lot of law enforcement officers out there, this wanting to, to help and wanting to um, <clears throat> serve their community. And this is just such a, a, a great example. Um, Absolutely. hundred percent. Moving on to our next story. And this is actually just in my backyard, right up the road um, in uh, blue Island, Illinois, where uh police canine um, made uh, a massive drug bust um, where he uncovered um, 500 pounds of marijuana. And I find that remarkable um, because in this state, um, marijuana is um, legal and that is becoming a bit of a test for uh, these canines who um, actually are you know, trained for this and now in in a way are sort of out of a job in a lot of cases or their their training makes them too effective. Um and um uh, it, it's good. I'm glad to see this canine still still has a as a role um in the department. I love the way the handler talks about him, you know. So we you have uh officer Miles O'Brien is the canine handler um and i rocco is the dog is the canine the dog the malinois and he, he says you know uh for for the dog number one it's a game it's playtime. he knows when he's working he knows when he's not but he's obviously driven to find the dope because he gets rewarded for it and, and it's kind of a game um but he says for a drug bust of this size he gave rocco some steak to celebrate <laughs> and planned a relaxing weekend watching football on the couch. Who's a good boy? Is it the canine handler or the dog here? I love the fact that he says the dog's got more experience than he does, that the dog's training him. But kudos to this canine team. I mean, 498 pounds of illegal marijuana seized. That's just fantastic. Yeah. And again, like I said, it just um, this is something, too, in a state where that's legal to have to – find obviously 500 pounds um is is a little much but um and after probably sniffing out that much he he's gonna want to do nothing but relax this week in the dog so right again pretty mellow and has some munchies (laughs) (laughs) moving on to our next story um this is out of las vegas um and this is about um courtroom appearance by two men who are accused of, excuse me, one man and and one 16 year old who are accused of intentionally, uh, uh, an intentional hit and run that killed a former California police chief. Um, In court, uh, they apparently were laughing and gave the finger to the victim's family. Um, Whether they knew um, that, this person was a former police officer, police chief or not. Um, it just the absolute disrespect. And that's, that's mild, uh, you know, word to use that right. they displayed um, for just 
for the, this family, um, you know, a sense of what's right and wrong. It just, ugh, I can't. I, it's just very upsetting. Yeah, you start to get it starts to get to where you can't say something without using those uh, colorful <laughs> words that George Carlin says we can't use on the radio, right? Um, I, I, my dad was a district court judge, and if this had been his courtroom, he just sentenced the guys to contempt of court, found him guilty of contempt of court, and given him life in prison. And the cool part is, at least in Maryland, there's no maximum penalty for contempt of court, <laughs> so he could have done that um, on the spot and. If, if, if these people acted that way in his courtroom, he would have. Uh, I don't doubt that for a second. He he did not have tolerance for people who were disrespectful to the police. Challenge evidence? Absolutely. Question something? Absolutely. But be that disrespectful, flipping on the bird, and this is surviving family members of somebody that they murdered. If you want to see an example of what... Um, evil looks like and how it's demonstrated there you go P people who go into court uh laugh at the victims you know the, the the surviving family members flip them off you know i i really wish that sometimes the judges could just say all right yeah you're guilty i sentence you to death by hanging and, and just be done with this. These kids are never, and I say kids, a 16-year-old and 18-year-old. The 18-year-old's legally an adult. They're never, ever going to feel any compassion or any sense of respect for the law. Uh, we're going to spend taxpayers' dollars forever to keep them healthy, well, and educated in prison. And that's an insult to the victims' families. You brought up um, in an earlier story about an individual is suicidal. There's nothing really you're... They've got nothing to lose, so to speak. They've already crossed that line. And I feel this is kind of the same way, too, is wh what do you have if if the idea of, um, you know, punishment through the legal system is no big thing? They that they they have absolutely no care about that, uh, about what that means for them. Um, you know, where else do you go on that? And it's just. Yeah, it's just it's very disheartening to me to to just to see that. Um, yeah, uh, I I have trouble with it. I, I yes, kind of left me speechless. It shocks the conscience. I believe is the statement we need here. Great, great way to put that. Well, moving on to our next story, and this is definitely a palate cleanser, uh, so to speak. Uh, we Absolutely. go to we go to Pittsburgh, where um, a police officer, after two years of going through dialysis, um, now is in line to um, get a kidney donated through a living donation. Um, and he, this officer Jeffrey Crawford, has been with the department for thirty years, and. Um, he found he he met his his donor um, through just a chance uh, meeting with the he'd switched his uh, uh, his shift with another officer who was doing detail at a local church. And this is where he, he ends up meeting um, the person who's who's going to save his life. Um, and and that, that's great to hear. You know, I'm not an overly religious person. I consider myself spiritual, but not religious. But, you know, they say God works in mysterious ways. I, I, things like this make you wonder. Guy switches shift, goes to church, and meets a woman who will ultimately be donating a kidney to him. 
if if he hadn't switched the shift, it, you know, if, if something had happened, how how they met, right? Anything mm-hmm. that happened that changed either one of them being in that position 10 seconds earlier or later, they wouldn't have met. That wouldn't have happened. So many things, so many little bits of and details of circumstance had to happen for this to occur that it got to give you a little bit of faith in some something higher power. Um, but I'm glad to hear that the officer's getting it. It is important for everybody listening. Uh, at the bottom of this article, there's information about kidney disease. And apparently, I have a good friend of mine who's, uh, when he got COVID a couple of years back, it caused damage to his kidney and his pancreas. So now he's going through dialysis three times a week, waiting on organ donations. Um, kidney disease impacts 37 million Americans. And, uh, you know, currently there's 88,000 waiting for a kidney transplant. Uh, the average person waits six years. So this guy's only waited about two and this, this miracle happens for him. Uh, about 30% of that 88,000. So roughly 30, uh, roughly 28,000 will receive that kidney transplant this year. Um, and about uh, nine and a half thousand of those will be from a living donor that's a great sacrifice and and kudos to anybody who does it we all have two but if you give one up to save another life thank you for your sacrifice thank you for your willingness to help somebody else improve their quality of life and, and yeah definitely um you know, high praise to Sonia Brown, who is the woman who's donating her kidney and also kind of just, uh, uh, another little shout out to Officer Crawford, who um, he's the guy in the department who dresses up as Santa. He's, you know, he's going out on Thanksgiving, um, you know, uh, delivering meals uh, to people in need. So um, definitely a, a guy, a guy worthy of of getting a t- kidney transplant. Right. So. A genuinely good guy who's who's getting some some help. It, it's awesome. Um, moving on to our next story. And again, um, another case of, uh, the public, uh, stepping up to help. Um, this was a case of two good Samaritans caught on body camera, stopping a carjacking in a Starbucks drive-through lane. Um, this individual that they had stopped not only was trying to uh, carjack a car, but he had earlier broken into a home at uh, a retirement community and stole a cell phone and a car from that garage there. Um, and police were, were were in pursuit of him. Um, and as they were coming up, they catch these two Samaritans stopping the guy. And then not only stopping him from the carjacking, but in the back of the Starbucks are able to hold them while uh, police get there um, and put them in cuffs. You know, decades ago, anybody who's who's familiar with the, the government model 1911 knows who Jeff Cooper is, Colonel Jeff Cooper. And he said that if crime was ever going to be stopped in society, it would fall to the citizen to do it. And this is the perfect example. you got a couple of citizens uh, aren't afraid to face this criminal. Thankfully, he wasn't armed. Nobody got hurt. But they just decided, you know what? Enough's enough. Uh, this guy's trying to commit this crime. We're not going to let this happen today. The two of them slow him down enough and hold him that the police can get there and, and take him into custody. We, I wish every citizen out there was like this. Don't risk your life. You know, I mean, they got a gun. This is kind of would be a silly thing to do. If the bad guy's got a gun. But, uh, you know, 
if, if you've got the, the, the guts to do it, the intestinal fortitude to take it on, team up with somebody else and do it, you are helping the police immensely and you're giving a message to the criminals that society's not going to accept what they're doing, that society will fight back. And that's what we need the criminals to understand. And, and just like uh, the previous story, um, you know, it's great to see people giving a damn about their fellow man, um, you yep. know, stepping in to say, hey, you know, I that I would want someone to help me out here. Um, and, you know, that that is that's great to see. Um, again, you, you would hope that they, they wouldn't have to stop a carjacking, but, um, yeah, kudos to, to them for stepping up. So uh, you mean do unto others like, yes. like the golden rule here? That's awesome. Yes. As opposed to the other golden rule, which is he who has the gold rules. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Moving on to our next story. Um, I love this. This, <laughs> this is out of Brevard County in Florida where uh, the sheriff's office there decided to put a little fun spin on how they were um, telling the community about Halloween and trick-or-treating safety tips. Um, They were able to find uh, enough deputies who wanted to get dressed up in zombie makeup and um, try out their dance moves and do a takeoff on the thriller video um to uh to pass along these safety tips i am just impressed that they were able to find a a jacket from michael jackson's uh thriller video um you can go on amazon and buy those joe that's not what impresses impresses me quite honestly is that they found one big enough for the guy that's wearing (laughs) um but this is, if you remember a few years ago, we had the lip sync battle and all these different agencies were choreographing uh, dance moves and, and, and lip syncing these songs. I, I think one of the best ones I ever saw came out of either Norfolk or Virginia Beach uh, in Virginia. And it was uh, Bruno Mars' uh, Uptown Funk. Oh my, it was great, great video. People laughed at it. People criticized it. People said, you know, agencies shouldn't be doing this, but it brought them closer to the community. That this agency is using these videos, which are very entertaining, to educate the public about safety tips and concerns around the holidays. It's fantastic. Everybody, everybody I've ever talked to says the best teachers they had were the ones that entertained them while they educated them. That's all this agency is doing. They're entertaining while they're educating, and their community is absolutely loving it. This is a great, great thing. Apparently, they do the same thing. Um well, someplace, so the Brevard, Brevard County Sheriff's Office, whatever, uh, they did a Wheel of Fugitive game show parody and the night before Christmas for uh, Christmas home safety tips. Th- this is a great, great concept. I wish more people would do it. And I've done a couple stories on um, departments and, and law enforcement agencies, how they're using social media. And that is, that is one of the ways biggest ways that you're able to connect with uh departments able to connect with their community um you know always you want to be you know out there sort of um meeting face to face but in this day and age um social media is can function in that same way and you're able to hit more people um and it it does it it gives um, it gives the community 
uh, a different side of the police department. Um, and like you said, it's a great way to sort of deliver that medicine of the actual safety tips. And, um, and it actually offsets that kind of legacy media, mainstream media, societal, whatever message that cops are evil and cops you know, just want to abuse their power and they don't like people. How do you look at, I'm looking at five cops in a video, one of them dressed up as a zombie wearing that thriller jacket, right? How do you look at these guys and think, oh yeah, they're bloodthirsty, power hungry, just want to go out and kill people? God, there's just no way you can do that. No way. I love it. Good stuff there. Um, finally, our last story. Um, this is out of California, and we put this under the as advertised category. Um, uh, a uh, dash cam video caught a um, a high speed chase where um, a, an 18 year old driver with a license plate that said will run on it um, was hit uh speeds over um 100 miles per hour um and ended up crashing his vehicle um multiple people were injured um it just i i again it just baffles me sometimes i suppose hey i'm glad they're 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 telling you um you know what to expect but right you got fair warning yeah i still don't um still don't understand why you why you would have to live up to that reputation of will run in your you know in your mustang of, of all cars too so um well, eight, 18 year old in a mustang with a license plate that says will run i'm thinking maybe he's got a room temperature iq <laughs> Ugh. you know so, i mean it, but I'm, I'm putting this you put in the as advertised category 100 i put this in the stupid criminal category <laughs> That, you know that too you if you're going to resist the police or run from arrest or run from a traffic stop I, well i guess you're not hurting anything saying it right there on your license plate but i can can you hear the lookout now i mean a lot of times you have a hard time getting a license plate number don't have to worry about it license plate said will run you're looking for the mustang running <laughs> anyway yeah 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 so um hopefully after this um when they do get their license back uh that uh, they they pick a better a license vanity plate to use um maybe you, you know back, i take we'll you stop. back to the room temperature iq i don't <laughs> see that happening but we'll find out oh uh, i one can only hope so that uh, that wraps it up for this week thank you uh, again for listening uh as always and uh hope you're back again next week for us thanks joe have a good weekend stay safe Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.